0: Cuff Radio is about to begin Everybody loves a hero I believe there's a hero in all of us I am child. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. This is Sandra, and today Julie and I will both be talking to a young man that we met when he was speaking in Van, Texas a few months ago. All right, we're we're having Nelson Alvarez, and we're going to let him just share his testimony, whatever the Lord gives him. Go ahead, Nelson. We're excited.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me. Um, It was such an honor to meet you guys in Texas. That was such a glorious time that we had. It was very unexpected. It was pretty spontaneous, actually. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so I um, just to share a little bit about myself, um, I'm currently uh, 23 years old and I'm married and I have a baby girl that's about to turn one in two days, which is awesome you know, in regards to sort of how I came to know the Lord and my testimony, um, I didn't really grow up in a Christian household. I didn't grow up with the majority of my upbringing. I think it was when I was seven years old, my mom and dad split and sort of, you know, grew up with my mom and my three sisters. And the only Jesus involved in my life was a little tiny bit of Catholic school when I was like five years old. But that didn't mean anything. Right. And you know, like a traditional Hispanic household, we've all heard of Jesus, but that doesn't mean we actually know Jesus or we had no active, we didn't have an active life in church or anything like that. So it wasn't until I was 15 years old in my junior year in high school where my lifestyle uh, was not good. Um, I was starting to become a very rebellious person. I was uh, you know cutting school starting to drink party starting to sleep around I was you know very much in the world uh, as a 15 year old kid um, one day um, I, I was cutting school I, I pretty much hit this crossroads in my life as, as a 15 years old 15 year old where I began to talk to myself and say either I'm I'm going to keep going this negative route and just not caring about anything and living the way I'm living, or I'm just going to relax, start going to school, you know, start focusing on my future and school and things like that. God had nothing to do with it in my mind because I didn't really grow, grow up knowing God. So, as I was in this crossroads, I think it was on a Thursday, began to, you know, I I cut school, so I wasn't really picking the other direction. And as I was cutting school, I went to hang out with some friends at their house. Now, we weren't drinking, we weren't doing anything like that, we were just hanging out and talking. One of the girls among us, she began to talk about. Uh, demons for some reason she just opened up the subject on demons and it just so happened to be that she had just started going to a Pentecostal church at that time and she had recently witnessed a deliverance on her sister so she just happened to bring up that subject as we were on that subject talking after a little while you could feel the atmosphere in the room change now I had no framework for what that meant or an atmosphere I had no idea what that I had no framework for it all I knew was something felt different in the room Uh, we were in the dining room at the time and it felt really heavy and it felt like someone was there listening to our conversation and it was weird and now I didn't say anything because that's such a strange thing to say Uh, then my friend says hey am I the only one that feels like there's someone in the room listening to us and I was like yeah actually I feel the same thing so um, we all kind of freak out a little bit and then we said, Okay, let's why don't we leave the dining room and go upstairs to the to the room. So we leave the dining room and literally when you leave the dining room and walked into the living room, which was literally right next to it, you felt a completely different atmosphere. It was just it was just a completely different it felt a lot lighter. So it was definitely something strange happening. I just didn't understand or have any words for it. So we go upstairs to the, to the bedroom, and, and this is all going to lead up to my encounter with Jesus. I'm just giving you the, the back story. I go upstairs to, to – to, to, we go upstairs to the, my friend's room, and it's three of us. It's, it's me, my friend, and, and, and the girl, and we're just sitting there chatting, and I'm sitting at the edge of the bed. They're sitting at the front of the bed, which is against the wall. As we begin the conversation, you felt as if that atmosphere walked into the room again. And it was just this very thick nasty presence. It was heavy and it was almost suffocating. It was hard to breathe. Are, are you guys able to hear me okay? Yes. Okay. We're, so we're it, it was it was Cool, cool. And so um, so it was just, it was just a very strange atmosphere. And then as that presence walked in again, um, I almost saw like this large shadow hovering over them now I'm like I think I'm hallucinating and making things up at this point point. and um, fast forward a little bit into the conversation I begin to feel these chills at the left side of my body which was facing the corner of the room because I was at the edge of the bed and as I felt this odd chill and they were just looking at each other talking I look behind me and behind me I see a actual demon manifested, I see him h- hanging on the wall, almost like Spider-Man fingers, his fingers were all black, like this black furriness, like at least, I don't know, six and a half inches long. And his face was white and black and his eyes were all black with these little thumps on his head. Now I freak out. I think I'm hallucinating because I mean, we we weren't drinking, we weren't on drugs or anything. So there was no reason for me to hallucinate, but I'm thinking I'm making things up Because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So I was in shock. They're talking to each other, so they don't notice anything because they're looking at each other. I'm looking at this wall like, am I really seeing this, trying to talk myself out of it? The thing is looking right at me. And it wasn't until they stopped, uh, they they, they tried to ask me a question, so then they looked at me, and then they saw it themselves. So now all three of us see it, and they begin to freak out and scream. So now I realize, okay, I'm not making this stuff up, right? Uh, And so then the girl begins to sing this song about Jesus. And as soon as she starts singing this worship song, immediately this demon that was hanging, that was on that wall, just vanishes in a moment. And then you felt this heaviness just lift up off of the room. And then you felt the cool wind come into the room. The doors were shut. The windows were shut, and you felt this cool, peaceful wind come into the room, and it and it almost started making me smile. And I was like, "What is this? What is going on?" I had no framework for what was happening. My entire reality was being shifted in this moment. I began to ask the girl, "What is this? Like, what just happened? Like, I'm <laughs> because you know she started singing this song. The demon disappears." You know, I felt this peace, like what is going on right now? Then she begins to tell me about church and things like that. Uh, very briefly, we started talking about that fast forward. After a while, the, the presence comes in again, we all recognize it at this point. Cause we all know we're not freaking we're not making stuff up. We go downstairs and then we see the actual demon pacing back and forth outside. Now, I was freaking out because I had to walk home. <laughs> so I'm thinking of every scary movie I could possibly think of at this moment, <laughs> thinking that this thing's about to possess me or kill me or something like that, right? So I'm freaking out. I'm And so in my youth, in my youthful pride, uh, well, what happened is I it, it began to actually get in my head. Um, I, I, as we saw it outside, I'm freaking out. And then I'm like – my mind is blown at this point so I'm there they're talking but I just I'm in my mind trying to reason this whole thing out explain what's happening suddenly I began to have these thoughts just come in like these homicidal thoughts of like murder and killing and so now in the back of my head I'm like where the heck are these thoughts coming from because I would never think stuff like this and in my head it was almost as if I got a revelation where I said wait a second these thoughts cannot be mine I said, so that's the demon trying to put these thoughts in me. In a moment, this revelation almost came upon me where I was like, wait a minute, if the devil is real, then God must be real and God must be bigger. <laughs> so though I had no concept for God or no concept for church or no concept for the gospel or angels or demons or anything like that, my logical mind was like, well, if there's a devil, because now my reality just changed and now I know it's real, then there must be a God. And if there's a God, he must be stronger. I immediately start being foolish in my youthful pride, and I started saying, if that effing demon tries to mess with me, I'll beat it up, because now I'm thinking I'm on God's side, right? Well, the girl says to me something that penetrated my heart, and I, as I was saying these foolish things, because in my pride, I had no other way to defend myself in the moment, right? So that, that's where I came up with all this nonsense, and then the girl says to me, if you don't have Jesus in your life, then demons can rule your life. And I don't even think she even knew that she said this to me wow. to this day. I believe it was like a Holy Spirit drop in her mouth to say those words to me. Oh. And, and as soon as she said that, I was, I, I was immediately convicted and I realized I really don't have Jesus in my life. And so then I began to get to fear again um, because my whole concept of self-defense was gone again. I said, you know what? You're right. That's what I told her then in my heart there was this aching statement saying you have to go to church like it was like a you must go to church I felt like as if though my life my soul depended on it thankfully I got a ride home that night from the from the girls parents because honestly (laughs) I was scared to walk home so this was on a thursday night i run home i tell my mom everything that happened she you know obviously is like really that happened you know (laughs) it was almost unbelievable to her i said mom you have to take me to church like i don't know why but you have to do it and from thursday to sunday i could not get over this this need and this desperation that i must go to church And so from Thursday to Sunday, finally Sunday, we make it to this church. We go to this service and I sit all the way in the back at the corner, uh, you know, hiding in the corner, you know, with my arms crossed and this prideful face, you know, where I'm just observing everything, the music, the preaching. I mean, I don't even remember anything that was said. All I remember is that for some reason I felt like it was communicating directly to me and I felt the need to weep. But of course in my pride I I resisted it I was like I'm not gonna cry you know I'm a man I'm not gonna cry right fifteen-year-old kid thinking he knows better Um, (laughs) and so I resisted it that Sunday but I couldn't help but but go again and I said "Mom, I I don't know why but I really want to come again so fast forward to the next week now this day is October 7th 2012 the second time I had visited this church after that uh, demonic encounter and Here I am at the church. Somebody took the seat all the way in the back corner, (laughs) so I had to sit in the middle row, couldn't hide in the back. Again, what happened the previous week, the preaching, the music, just all of it, for some reason, was speaking directly to my heart, and I felt this need to weep the entire service. And I continue to resist it and resist it and resist it. And then after the preaching is done, you know, the worship team comes up, and, and I look around... I have my arms crossed and I'm looking around the whole church and I see the entire church with their hands lifted and they're all weeping, just pouring, just weeping, the whole church. I believe the church that church was in revival during that time. I look and then I look and so I realize everyone else is crying and I, re- and I tell, say to myself, okay, well, I'm not the only one that feels this need to cry, so I'm not crazy, right? <laughs> and then I see this guy in front of me, in the row in front of me, step out on the aisle and just get on his knees and lay on his face and just starts weeping and you could tell it was a good weeping so it wasn't like this I wasn't in my mind I wasn't saying these people are weird I just understood there's something happening here that is beautiful and and I'm resisting it right now and so when I see him lay on his face and start weeping on the floor I heard a voice say to me And it's funny because God will speak to you (laughs) the way you know how to receive it. And I heard a voice say to me, if a grown man can do that, why can't you lift up your hands? And now at the time, I didn't know it was the voice of the Lord. I thought it was my mind making it up. But now I understand it was God. And so I look at him and I said, okay, well, I guess I could lift my hands up, right? So I very awkwardly begin to look around, make sure no one's looking at me, (laughs) make sure no one in the church is looking at me. And then I very slowly begin to lift up my hands. And as soon as my hands got up, the only way I can describe it is if somebody took a giant bucket of just love and just, bam, just splashed it into my face. And as soon as my hands went up, I just began to cry uncontrollably, nonstop. And I just began to weep and weep and weep and my body began to tremble. I had no idea why I was crying. And so I was telling myself, what is going on? Why am I crying? But my body is doing it almost out of convulsion, like I couldn't control it. And then suddenly it was as if I was in another place. So my body is in the church weeping and crying and shaking, and my soul, I I guess I can explain, felt as if, though, I was somewhere else. And the only way I described it at the time was it was as if I entered this virtual reality experience. I now understand it's called the vision. And as I entered into this virtual reality experience, I looked to the bottom left, and I see a movie open up, like a scene just open up it begins to play scene by scene at a very fast pace all of the sins I've committed since I was a child to, to the age of 15. I just began to see all my sin play like a movie. Just And it was so fast, but yet so slow, that I, as if I knew every detail of every sin that I had committed in that moment. And immediately, this understanding dropped on me and it was, and, it, and I believe it was the fear of the Lord, and it, and it said to me, uh, well, this is the understanding that came to me. As I saw all my sin and the conviction gripped my heart, I said to myself, if I died right now, God would be just and he would be right to send me to hell. And immediately this overwhelming fear gripped me, realizing that if that if I died right now, I would go to hell. And it was... It wasn't a bad fear it was a holy fear right it it was the fear of the Lord and as I felt that and the conviction of my sin had so gripped my heart immediately this cross appeared over the scene of my sin and this cross appears and I see Jesus on that cross covered in blood covered in blood and his flesh was hanging from his, his, his arms like he was just drenched in blood, and I couldn't see his face. But then I heard an audible voice speak to me in my right ear, and he said to me, Even though you've rejected me, even though you've run from me, I've been pursuing you because I love you, and I died for you before you've ever sinned just so that you can know me. And I mean I was just undone. I just began to weep and I knew immediately who it was. And I immediately the cry from my heart was Jesus I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I'm yours. And as soon as those words came out of my mouth, the vision changes and I see a heart shattered in broken pieces with dark clouds over it. And I see these two hands with holes in them take the broken shattered pieces, put them together. And when he opened his hands, it began to shine and the dark clouds lifted. And as I was seeing it in the vision, I was feeling it in my heart, in my chest, in real life. And and I be, as soon as he opened his hands and it began to shine, I felt an overwhelming explosion within me of joy, peace, love. I felt clean. I mean, a word that I never understood. I never, Understood the feeling of feeling clean in your soul. And then I faintly heard the voice of the pastor say, If anyone wants to give their life to Jesus, come to the front. As I'm in the vision, I faintly heard that voice, and immediately I, I snapped out of the vision. I felt my body tug me out into the aisle. And I ran all the way to the front, took the pastor's microphone out of his hand, and began to scream in front of the whole church, Jesus, I give you my life, I give you my heart, I'm yours, and I just start weeping, and then they lay hands on me, and I get slain, and that was October 7th, 2012, and I've never been the same ever since that experience.
2: That's amazing.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm sitting here oh. breathless. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah that that was uh, how it all started
2: we won't go this direction right now but immediately while you were talking I thought you have to do this one in Spanish for us at another date
1: yes I would love to
2: please but now it was
1: actually uh, at a Spanish church that I got saved by the way
2: (laughs) oh isn't that great see yeah, (laughs) definitely that was what just came to me a second ago Uh, why don't we fast forward to a couple of things now you going into the schools and how did this come about
1: yeah yeah, that's that's a wonderful question so so after having this phenomenal experience with the Lord I had no idea what it meant to be a Christian right like I had no idea what it meant I didn't even know there were certain things that were called sin like I just had no framework for it but slowly but surely the Lord began to, you know start his sanctifying process in my life but I began to after that experience I couldn't help but share it, right? So I was I was no I was somewhat of a popular kid in school, but popular for the wrong reasons, right? And so I go back into my high school and <laughs> from one day to the next I was the guy who was talking about messing around with another girl and then the very next week coming into school over the weekend I'm now talking about Jesus to that same crowd of friends. <laughs> So they're like, what in the world are you talking about, Nelson? What happened to you, you know? (laughs) So I'm like super excited. I'm telling everyone. I mean, immediately I just became an evangelist. That's what I can say. There was no... I had no idea that there was this, you know, I had no framework for protocol or, you know, whatever. So I'm over here telling people about Jesus while still having the F word in my sentences, right? (laughs) And, um, I'm telling them like, no, man, you don't understand. This is effing amazing. You know, like just, I was just so out of it. Right. But surely enough, the Lord began a sanctification process, began to convict me of cursing and convict me of drinking and convict me of several things and began to strip those things out of my life very quickly. And I also would like to add this. The Lord also very quickly told me to get rid of secular music. And the reason was is because uh, there was just – there's spirits in that music. And I began to experience how the music would actually influence my thoughts. And so the Lord, I mean, just very quickly began to strip me. Within a month and a half's time, he had – stopped me from cursing supernaturally he had got me rid rid of all those things he actually took me off of my Xbox because I used to be addicted to the Xbox and my new lifestyle began to be after school I would literally go home and just read the Bible for like eight nine ten hours a day like that became my new addiction where video games I would spend the eight ten hours a day I began to read the Bible for that long and spend time in prayer for that long and seek the Lord for that long. And some nights I would be up all night just seeking the Lord. So I, in my early walk with the Lord, I, he became my obsession. So I, I found myself understanding the – because I had a million and one questions, which is typically how a lot of young people or people in general are when they first come to Christ. They want to understand the critical questions, you know, but the issue is, is that so many don't seek out the quest- the answers not knowing not knowing that God actually has the answer to all of it. So I began to ask God all these questions because as I began to evangelize in my school, you know obviously people had questions, and I didn't know how to answer because i't I didn't, I didn't know, so I would go back home. And I would seek the Lord, say, God, this is the question they brought up to me. Can you give me the answer? Where is the answer? Where can I find it? And, you know, the Bible says that when uh, the Holy Spirit, he is the spirit of truth, and he will lead you and guide you into all truth. And so the Holy Spirit began to lead me through the scriptures and answer almost every one of my questions so that I could then bring it up to others in my evangelism. So that that was the journey. You know, I began to see people in the high school get saved. I began to – the youth group at the church that I was at when I first got saved, it was only like three people. There was only three youth there, and the majority of them were just, you know, the, the three were just, you know, children of parents that were going to the church. Within a matter of six months' time, or probably three or four months, the youth group grew from three people to about 40 to 50 youth. And we just begin to see a ton of young people coming in from the school, from friends of, of friends, just beginning to come into the ministry. We just begin to see a massive move of God. Now, it wasn't until – so I got saved October 7, 2012, and what I like to say is I got saved January – I mean, I got uh, filled with the Spirit January first, 2013, uh, when the Lord spoke to me during the New Year's service. I mean, I just was undone. I fell on the ground. The Lord told me what my calling was and then I got up and I just began to just lay hands on people in the church and they just begin to all get slain in the spirit, like at the moment that I would just touch them. I ran across the church at one point during this service. I grabbed the girl by the hand and she begins to screech and a demon came out of her instantly. So I very early in my walk with the Lord began to see demonstrations of the power of the Holy Spirit. I would pray around my friends and, you know, because I spent so much time in the presence of God at home. It was like the presence just went with me everywhere that I went and so I would I would hang out with my friends at his house and you know the majority of them would be unbelievers and I would say hey can I pray with you guys and they would be open to it and then I would begin to pray and they would all just start getting slain in the spirit some of them began to manifest demons and we began to cast demons out of them I mean I was only four months, five months saved casting demons out of people, you know? And, and I thought that that was normal, right? <laughs> I mean, it is normal as defined by the Bible, right? Because, the, the, you know, you study the Bible and all the disciples did it. Um, so for me, it, it, was, it was a very normal thing uh, for me to move in that, in that kind of way. So then it wasn't until six months of me being saved um, that the Lord spoke to me and said, hey, I want you to start a program in your high school and began to give me a heavy burden for revival in my high school. And I said, Lord, I mean, I've only known you for six months. I barely know. I don't think I know the Bible well enough. Like, you know, are you sure? And plus, isn't there a separation of church and state? You know, I just began to give God all of my Moses excuses. And he just, I couldn't shake the burden off for two weeks of just this need to start this program. Now, I, so then some guy approaches me in high school, in the high school, and says, "Hey, have you ever thought of starting like a Bible program or something in the school?" And I said, "Yeah, actually, I've been burdened for two weeks about this." He said, "Well, I actually just spoke to uh, a teacher. Her name is Miss Somalingam. She said she's willing to sponsor it so that you can put it in the school." And I said, "Really?" So I so I ran over there, spoke to Miss Somalingam. Now, the funny story is that Miss Somalingam happened to be. A teacher. So I got saved in 11th grade, in, which is my junior year, but in 10th grade, I actually had her as a teacher, and I was very, very disrespectful to her. I mean, I've literally cursed at her. I was a very bad kid, right? And now Ms. malingam who was actually a Christian, ends up being the teacher that sponsors the ministry that we start in the high school, which I think is just a crazy story you know, redemption story, right? So we start this ministry in the high school and, uh, you know, what what we did is we spoke to the principal and the principal said, as long as it meets these five rules. In other words, the, the rules were just as long as we're not, you know, casting out people from who have other beliefs. And I said, of course not. The whole point is to invite them in. And then he said, it's fine. And so we got it sponsored. We got it started and we began to see about, you know, very quickly we saw anywhere between 15 to 30 to even 45 youth on a consistent weekly basis show up to this program and people were getting saved. We've, say we've had, you know, we've had a girl come in one day who was contemplating an abortion. Nobody knew that she was pregnant. Nobody knew that she was contemplating these things. And it just so happened that the day that she walked in, we we were talking about abortion. And she ended up changing her mind about the abortion and, and to to this day she has been grateful to 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 what we did and um, speaking about that because now she has her beautiful child. you know we saw people come out of drugs and, and, and alcohol they began to give their lives to christ. I mean we just began to see revival break out, and that was during my junior year now once we got into senior year it wasn 't until march twenty third I remember two thousand and fourteen. That the Lord began to deal with me on Mark chapter 16 where it says and these signs will follow those who believe as he began to as I read that scripture my eyes were opened up and I realized because you know you what happens is is that you I begin you know when you're in church in the context of churchianity you, you, you 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 realize very quickly that seeing miracles seeing demons cast out for some reason it happens to be a rare occasion And I didn't understand that because early in my walk, like very quickly in my walk, I began to see that on an everyday occasion. And so then, but then, you know, you conform, you get used to it being a rare occasion. And so it wasn't until 2014, my senior year, that I began to read Mark chapter 16, and then I saw, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will take up serpents, drink any deadly thing, uh, and lay hands on the sick. And they will recover and when I read that I said Lord is it really that simple that these signs follow those who believe because you know you get taught or at least in the culture of, of churchianity is what I call it it you get taught that it's like only for special ministers to move in that kind of degree or to do those things because it's a rare occasion in much of churchianity obviously things are reforming now in our day a little bit more but that's how it was a little bit then and so then when I read that scripture, I said, God, if this is true, I remember this was on a Wednesday in, in March, 2014. And I said, Lord, if this scripture is true, then tomorrow I'm going to go into the high school. I'm going to find anyone who is sick or has any pain in their body. I'm going to lay hands on them. And this has to happen. If this scripture is true, uh, cause I was seeing demons cast out, but I wasn't seeing the healings as much because I didn't know that you could do that <laughs> on a normal basis. So then the next day I go to the school. We had the program at the school um, and some kid walks in and, and he's rubbing his knee and he's pretty much telling me, hey, I won't be able to make it today. I have a baseball game. He's rubbing his knee and I said, hey, what's wrong with your knee? And he says, oh, well, I have tendonitis in my knee. And I said, how long have you had that pain? He said, for a year and a half and it never stops and it's messing me up in my baseball career. So it's a really, it's a really bad uh, injury or or. or disease on his knee that's affecting pretty much his dream for baseball I asked him very I said hey can I pray for your for your knee and he looked at me very awkwardly and said sure you can do that so I lay my hands on his knee and I just began to say I rebuke this tendonitis out of your knee I curse it in the name of Jesus and I said Holy Spirit come and heal his knee he begins to look at me like he's freaking out. And he said, what are you doing in my knee? And I said, why, what's going on? He said, my knee is on fire right now. And I said, well, uh, you know, check it out. Tell me if you feel any different. And he begins to bend his knee, begins to jump up and down and run around the classroom and start screaming. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he said that he's had that pain there for over a year and a half. And now he felt no pain. And he was able to, run and jump without any pain, which was for the first time in a year and a half. And so that's, that's how we began to see, uh, you know, some of the miracles break out in the school. And that same day, we had about 45 youth show up to the Bible study Uh, which was really more like a crusade than it was a Bible study, right? (laughs) It was more like just an evangelistic crusade. Um, And so we had like 45 kids show up. The class was packed um, because there weren't that many desks in the class, so we had to get extra chairs. And, I mean, just began to share the gospel in a super clear way to these kids. You know, I say kids, but I was their age at the time. But um, I began to just share the gospel with them, just – about about half of them came up and responded to the altar call ran up to the front gave their lives to Christ we began to lay hands on them some of them began to fall out under the Holy Spirit and this is at a public high school in Philadelphia Pennsylvania the name of the school was Abraham Lincoln High School Abraham Lincoln High School was known as one of the worst high schools in Philadelphia and we were seeing this God just show off at the school and so You know these kids get slain in the spirit they give their life to christ and then at the end of it all we're walking out and i see a girl limping and i said hey what's wrong with your with your foot she says well i've i've severely sprained my ankle and i it's been killing me for two days i've not been able to walk so she's literally like dragging her foot and i and i asked myself i said huh i said no i asked the lord actually i said lord if that scripture is is true that these signs follow whoever who, whoever believes, then surely one of these new believers that just gave their life to Christ 15 minutes ago, they must be able to lay hands and this and this girl get healed too. So I, I was pretty much experimenting with the Holy Spirit on this scripture because I wanted to see how real it was, how normal it really is supposed to be. I remember this this little Haitian kid. His name is Schneider. To this day, he serves the Lord. Uh, He actually went to Bible college and everything. So it was just awesome, you know, fruit that came out of his life. Schneider, I said, hey, Schneider, you believe in Jesus now, right? And he said, yes, I do. I said, you gave your life to him 15 minutes ago. He said, yes, I did. I said, okay, well, now I'm going to show you something. Because you now follow Jesus, you can do the same works Jesus did. I said, she has a a severely sprained ankle. The Bible says if you lay hands on the sick, they're going to recover. Now lay hands on her foot and watch her get healed. And so I just gave him faith. I said, you know, this is normal now. This is how you're supposed to, because I wanted to experiment if it was true. So he lays hands on her ankle, and I told him, command the pain to leave the ankle. And he was a Haitian kid, so he had a little accent. He said, in the name of Jesus, ankle be healed right now, right? And so as soon as he said those words, two tears came down this girl's eyes, and she begins to walk, and her ankle was totally healed. And then there was another girl there who had a boot on because she had uh, actually, I think she had broken her ankle. So she actually had a more severe injury. We pray for her. She takes the boot off and she starts walking with no pain at all. And that's when it hit me. And I said, oh, my gosh, this is normal. This is how we're supposed to walk all the time, just like Jesus. And anyone can do it. Then we began to see that just kind of, you know, pretty much every day. In the high school, as revival began to break out in the high school, uh, what was beautiful, too, is we began to see the police officers in the school because there was actually police officers in the school. You know, they actually had an entire police office in the school. That's how bad of a school it was. The police officers had come to me and had came to me and said, Nelson, we don't know what it is that's happening, because on Thursdays we would have the the Bible studies, and on Fridays we would have the prayer meetings, and most times we had more people in the prayer meetings than at the Bible studies, so, (laughs) you know, I found it funny, because I was like, man, there's more people at the prayer meeting that they're in a high school than there are people in prayer meetings at churches sometimes, you know, and we began to see amazing moves of God at the prayer meetings, but we would always pray for revival, and we would pray that God would change the atmosphere of the school, and the police officers came and testified to me and said... We don't know what's happening, but ever since you started your, your your program, we have had almost no fights and almost no problems happening in the school ever since you started your program. And so we began to see God really transform the atmosphere of the school.
0: Julie, we knew it was going to be good, but, boy, we didn't know it was going to be this good. That's so awesome.
2: Well, there's there's so much more for you to say and on, and I I heard some other testimonies, and we could keep going. Why don't you finish off with what is the Lord doing with you now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's so – I mean, if I can – if I had – all the time. If we had about five, six, seven, eight, eight, maybe eight hours, I could tell you all the stories that happened in that school, because uh, we just yes. had some radical, radical encounters. I mean, we've even had, and I'm, I, before I answer your question, I just want to—we've had even experiences where there was a transfer student, and the transfer student happened to be a witch. And then, so it was, and then, and so this witch comes into the school and now she starts reading people's palms and drawing all this attention to her. And I mean, it was like spiritual warfare, like right in the school. It was, it was awesome. And, um, needless to say, I confronted the witch and, uh, Then she, you know, and she was very offended by my confrontation. Uh, But I told her, I said, listen, you know, you're doing works, you're doing, you know, what you're doing is under the power of demons. And and when she would gather a crowd, because she would gather about 15, 20 students in the hallway lined up to read, to read, to, to have their palms read. I mean, we even had people lined up during class time. People were lined up in the hallways outside of the bathroom to go one by one and get their palms read. Like, that's how intense the spiritual warfare was, right? Like the people were just drawn by this demonic spirit. And so I would literally walk out of class, go where the line of people was, and begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ right there in the hallways, and begin to tell people, listen, the only reason that this psychic can tell you stuff about your life is because if you don't have Jesus in your life, you have demons in your life, and the demons are the ones telling them about your life. Repent. And come to Christ, because if you take a word from that devil and that witch, you know, your your life will be destroyed. I forgot the exact sermon I preached, but I preached a whole sermon right there. And the whole line broke up and began to gather around me, and I began to prophesy to them under the Holy Spirit instead of the div- the spirit of divination that they were about to go listen to. I mean, we just had some dramatic, like, just just another story on top of all the other ones, but it, we just had some dramatic experiences in the school. It was surely like an invasion of heaven and, and just a battle between heaven and hell in that school. And, you know, just to finish the story about the witch, the witch ended up getting very upset because, you know, people began to, you know, the, she was very discredited. I mean, but the, the witch, honestly, she even spoke a, a word of divination to a girl that she would get in a car accident. And that girl actually did get hit by a car. So that's, that's how dangerous, that spirit of divination is when you receive and accept and open the door to a demonic spirit and a word from a demon. So, you know, we've, it, it became apparent and I would preach the gospel and then tell people these things and people came to salvation through that. So what the devil intended for evil, God turned it around for good because we saw people come to Christ through it. But that girl approached me once and she tried to say to me, Oh, touch my hand and watch what will happen to you. And I told her, I said, well, you, if, in case you didn't know, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world so i grabbed her hand and i told her from this day forward all of your demonic powers all of your demonic gifts are stripped from you because this is the authority of the believer right and i said all of your demonic powers all of your demonic uh, gifts are stripped from you from this day forward as you're holding my hand and not just that but you will begin to experience the holy spirit tormenting you day and night until you repent and come to christ the girl very angrily pulled her hand away and, and, and walked away. Well, fast forward a week later, that girl comes to me asking if I can pray for her to give her life to Jesus Christ, <laughs> and I began oh. to ask her, I mean, just crazy, just crazy. <laughs> and i said really i said what happened and she said ever since you se- said those words to me she said every day everywhere i go i keep seeing crosses three crosses everywhere i go and every night i keep having this dream of me drowning and dying and going to hell but when i cry out to jesus he pulls me out of the water and she said i've been having these dreams every night ever since the day that you met that that we did that and you know, so, <laughs> so you know, I prayed for her, and I, I I hope that she's still following Christ. I I haven't been able to follow up with her since then, but uh, since I graduated, but yeah, that that's just radical, radical encounters
0: like that. So <laughs> amazing. Yeah, yeah. I figured
1: that's a good one, so I had to get that one out. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. We have plenty really? of good
2: ones. Yeah, we we sure wanted him to pray for those listening.
0: Now. Uh, yeah, he was going to just give. Us. Okay. Yeah. And and then we'll yes. pray. So, okay. Okay. Of
1: course. <laughs> so yeah, so you know now pretty much um, you know like I said fast forward I graduated school um, you know I've I've had a quite a journey there's so many things I could say but um, now my wife and I and my my little girl um you know, just recently actually, the Lord put on our hearts to pretty much lay everything down because I you know I've, I'm in business and I do all these different things but I eh, but I felt like the Lords told me to lay a lot of those things down and for this year um, He wants us to go on this journey because I believe this is a year of preparation um, both in the spirit, Uh, mainly in the spirit I believe God is God is is trying to prepare his people during this year for what's coming I mean as we're doing this this podcast you know we're we're in a time where this whole coronavirus thing has happened Um, you know so the Lord literally called us out of Philly we went to Texas and we attended uh, Todd White School of Ministry uh, lifestyle Christianity University which was a phenomenal experience but this whole year we're in this journey actually where we're just going wherever the spirit leads us and you know, I, I just think of Matthew chapter 10, right? You know, he said, you know, wherever I, you will go, wherever I send you and don't take with you coin or purse or anything. So we're honestly in this radical journey right now where we're just traveling wherever God leads us to and, and trusting him in every step. And with that, just recently, I felt like the Lord told me to do a pre-launch of our you know, our ministry, which is Logos Revival Ministries, uh, which Logos was the name of the high school ministry as well. Um, and so now we have Logos Revival Ministry. We're starting our digital ministry on YouTube. Um, you know, if anyone who watches this would like to subscribe to the channel, it's Revivalist Nelson is the channel for now. So, yeah, so we're, we're just traveling wherever the Spirit leads us. And, you know, what's what's beautiful about following Jesus is that ministry isn't something that you do. It's something that you are right like we are ministers of reconciliation we are you know the disciples of Christ Christ in us the hope of glory so everywhere we go we pretty much you know try to share the gospel pray for people see people saved, make disciples I mean just in Texas before we left Texas because we're back in Pennsylvania now for for a season before we figure out what the next move is um, we were staying at a hotel while we were in Texas and we got to pray for a family. I, I, I was in the elevator, spoke to this gentleman. He began to tell me about his son having cancer. So I said, well, let's go pray for your You know, I would love to pray for your son. Uh, we eventually set up a time where he came into our hotel room, him, his wife, and the baby. And I began to share the gospel with them. Uh, they, they were convicted of their sin. Ga- they repented. They gave their life to Jesus. We prayed for the boy who they believe has been I mean, they haven't gotten, the doctors have refused to test him again just because of the whole coronavirus thing to see if the cancer is gone. But they they said that they've seen him change. Like they don't, he's behaving as if though he doesn't have the cancer anymore, but that'll be a testimony to be determined until we find out, you know, the the test results come back. Um, But that whole family in the hotel, we baptized them. In the hotel, we filled up the bathtub, we baptized them in the hotel, they got filled with the Spirit, and, you know, I'm still in touch with them today, And you know, because Jesus doesn't call us to just make believers, He calls us to make disciples. And so, you know, the beautiful thing about it is that you can make disciples everywhere you go, and that's kind of where we're at right now, is just on this journey with the Lord, preparing ourselves to learn how to depend on Him and trust in Him in a greater level with this traveling thing that we're doing, but also being faithful that wherever we are, we're making disciples, we're baptizing people, preaching the gospel, you know, doing what he's called us to do. And that's kind of where we're at right now.
2: I love it. Uh, we'll be sure to list that on the podcast too, so they'll know exactly where to get a hold of you and watch yeah. your YouTube channel. I love it. But you know what I really uh. like what you just said about making disciples?
0: Mm-hmm
2: you know, so many times we're just about telling somebody something, but we're not walking it through it with them. That was really good. Thank you. Uh, pray for the listeners now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, I'm sorry. Before I pray for the listeners, I want to add one more thing to the story, um, of my testimony. So I didn't find out until two years later of me knowing the Lord, I didn't find out that, actually while I was out in the world 15 years old doing the stuff that I was doing I didn't know that my mom who happened to not even be a real believer like she just you know like a typical Hispanic mom you know professed Jesus but never followed Jesus well even so I had no clue that my mom would go into my room every day and pray over my bed when I was out in the world and cutting school and, you know, drinking and partying, I didn't know that my mom was in my room weeping to God saying, God, save my son. And and so I had no idea until two years later that my mom actually was the intercessor that had brought me to, to Christ. And so, you know, that's that's another piece of the element of the story that I, I forgot to add. Um, because,
2: uh, we knew yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah, I really do, and and
1: and that's why I'm, I'm you know I brought it up because I'm going to pray for the praying mothers, um, because I understand that you know there's a lot of praying mothers out there that still have yet to see the fruit of their prayers. Um, but you know when I was born, and just to add on to it, I'm sorry, um, my mom had uh, when I my mom had been asking God for a boy cause she has three daughters and she was trying to get a son and she kept getting girls, (laughs) you know? And so she had asked, she told God when, before I was born, mind you, this is my, my mom now serves the Lord, by the way, after I came to Christ, she came to Christ. But when my mom was, was seeking God for a boy, she told God, God, if you give me a son, I promise I'll give him to you. And surely enough she had me. And when she had me, which she had me with a lot of complications, I believe the devil tried to kill me in my mom's womb. Um, all kinds of issues but when she had me she ended up dedicating me to a pentecostal church and they prophesied that I would grow up one day to be a preacher
0: <laughs>
1: so she she must have held on to that promise even though we didn't get brought up in the church even though we didn't get brought up in the things of god that promise was still hanging over my life and so it it wasn't until I was the age of 15 where god went and fulfilled that promise that was you know hell that that was made before I was even in my mother's womb and so you know with that being said to all the mothers that watch this that listen to this um, and even to the young people that listen to this there's if you if you know and and you and, and let me just say this there is a promise hanging over your children's life because when you read Acts chapter 2 and he tells the people repent and be baptized and get receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, and the promise is to you and your children and your children's children. So this promise, if you've come to Christ, this promise is to be passed down to you, to your children and your children's children. That's for the praying mothers to know that this promise is for you and this promise will be fulfilled because God never ever breaks his promises. He's never failed. There's not one track record. There's not one area in history where he has broken his promises. And so the fact that I didn't even grow up in church, I was drinking, partying, sleeping around. I had nobody to really preach the gospel to me. But God went ahead and set up a moment to make sure that I would be redirected. He sent. I mean, the fact that God would even use a demon to literally scare the hell out of me to get heaven into me. You know, <laughs> so God can use absolutely anything. So for that being said, mothers, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope in regards to what, how God can save your children and what God will use to save your children. Because God, God used a demon to scare me into righteousness, you know. And so God can use absolutely any means at all to get into the heart of a person. Um, so with that, I want to pray. For all the mothers and also for all the young people, if you're a young person watching this and you're the first one in your family to know the Lord, I was the first one in my family to really know God. You know, my mom had prayed, but she didn't know the Lord for herself yet, and it wasn't until I got saved that my entire family began to have encounters with God and give their life to Jesus Christ and I baptized my sister um, in water as well and in the Holy Spirit and she began to speak in tongues so I've seen revival breakout in my family as well so for every young person that watches this that hasn't seen that in their family yet um, persevere and 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 pray and God will do it in your life as well so with that I'm gonna pray um, father I th- every listener that is on this podcast God that Every listener that will listen to this podcast, Father, I thank you because for such a time as this, Lord, you have ordained it for them to hear this message, to hear this word of encouragement, to hear this word, Father, that I believe would carry out for a very long time and impact lives for a very long time. So, Father, I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, that, Lord, I'm, I'm seeing mothers, I'm seeing uh all these amazing grandmothers and saints that have persevered in prayer on behalf of their family father and they're waiting for the fruit of it father I thank you that Lord today I add to the bowls of incense in heaven that are waiting to be poured out and father I'm asking you and I'm decreeing in this moment that God that those in the family who they are waiting to see saved father I decree in the name of Jesus Christ that right now that the bowls of incense the bowls of prayers of the saints would be in be tipped over and be poured out upon the earth, and that God, those in the family that are waiting for salvation, Father, you said that the angels have been given to be ministers to the heirs of salvation. So, Father, I send forth harvesting angels to go forth into the harvest and harvest these family members that are sitting in delay, that are sitting in the the balance and still have not repented. Father, bring forth the harvesting angels and God, harvest them into the kingdom even now, God. We call them out of the kingdom of darkness and we bring them in to the kingdom of light in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, right now we call forth every son, every prodigal, Father, we call them into your glory, even now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that even now that you would strengthen the feeble knees of the praying mothers, of the praying fathers, of the praying grandmothers and grandfathers. God, strengthen the feeble knees. Lord God, you said, blessed is he. um uh, And God, who waits upon the Lord, for he shall be renewed. God, he shall be mounted on wings like eagles, and he shall renew his strength, Father. God, I thank you that you would renew the strength of those praying mothers, fathers, grandmothers, grandfathers, and even great grandmothers that have gone on to glory. God, I thank you, Father, that their prayers are heard, and their prayers from this day forward, from them listening to this podcast, is answered, and that they would begin to see an acceleration in the manifestation of these promises, Father. And I pray... Lord, just like you had to bring the spirit of the fear of the Lord to, to, to convict my heart and draw me near to you, put the fear of the Lord in those who are, are still in rebellion towards you, Father, so that they can come to repentance in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I pray for revival on every young heart that listens to this, Father. I pray that, God, that their hearts would be awakened, that they would see that, Lord, that there's no limits to what they can do with God, that they don't need permission or release from the hand of any man, because, Lord, it's before they were formed in their mother's womb that you've ordained them and called them to move in great glory and great power. Jesus, you told us to make disciples, not just believers. Father, the devil believes, and yet you know they tremble but God you want us to be disciples where we obey you and so father I pray for every young heart listening to this Lord that they would burn in their hearts to be disciples and to go forth and make disciples in their schools in their in their jobs God wherever they are let raise up laborers Lord for the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus and father let your fire baptize everyone who listens to this as they listen just like it was with the disciples in the the journey where they said that our hearts not burn when he opened the scriptures to them. Father, I pray that as they listen to this podcast and as they re-listen and re-listen and as they share it, that, God, that their hearts would burn and be ignited in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. That's a wrap.